Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is a woman who is totally after my heart, Doris Bellin. Thank you for joining us, Doris. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. So, Doris, tell us what it is that you do. I am a financial literacy educator for women. I focus entirely on helping women figure out the whole language of money, figure out their finances, uh, learn how to invest. And the, the goal of this is to develop better options for themselves. I'm also excited uh, in about two weeks' time to be launching my very first book, called Protect Your Purse, Shared Lessons for Women, Avoid Financial Messes, Stop Emotional Bankruptcies, and Take Charge of Your Money. So I'm very excited about that. And that is based on my own experience. Uh, when I was 32, I was widowed, left with a massive debt, nearly $400,000. And uh, I learned an awful lot going through that, a lot of really tough financial lessons. And uh, so the book is a compilation of those lessons. 38 other women were involved as well. I spoke to them. They're divorcees, widows. We had an awful lot of learning, an awful lot of surprises when uh, unexpected events happened. And I share all of that. And the goal is to help women protect themselves financially. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. And it is it is so, so needed because I've been in financial services for 24 years. And all the things that I have seen, and in some cases, women are the ones that are looking after the finances for the house and and. and doing a very good job, but it's still extremely common for women to abdicate all of that financial responsibility off to the husband. And as long as everything's going good, great. But if something happens, you have a gigantic mess and don't know how to deal with it. And it's a very painful learning curve. Yeah. I mean, in my own research, what I have found is that women are in fact the ones who manage many of the day-to-day finances, but by and large, the investing decisions, some of what I call the bigger picture decisions, are being made, if not exclusively by men, certainly in a large proportion by men. And what I argue is that leaves women very vulnerable. We don't even realize how vulnerable we are. I mean, I thought 
you know, before I became a widow that I was, I was smart. I was in university. I was on track to become a professor. I was a total and still am a type A personality, organized goals, you know, work hard, make your goals, et cetera. And yet it was the, you know, the surprise happening in life, the unanticipated, that holy wow moment when life throws you one heck of a big curveball and it happens over and over again. And I, I think the point is we don't realize the extent to which we are vulnerable until we stop and think about what are in some cases, some pretty basic things. And a lot of women that I see, you know, I spent 10 years uh, doing rent own real estate and I saw a lot of files come across my desk and it worries me what I've seen in those files. And we just, I think it's all about awareness. You know, once women are made aware of this, it's pretty surprising. And it's, it's really not rocket science to start taking control of some key aspects of finances. And I think we need to start doing this. It's not even if your spouse leaves or your spouse dies, but you know, I've had people call me and, and there's a major illness in the family. Something happens with the kids. If you have wealth, if you have a strong grasp of your finances, you have better options for yourselves. And I think for me personally, as a woman, a mom, a wife, that's huge. That's a very big deal in my life, knowing that I have, if something happens in my world, I have some really good options because I've made sure that financially I'm protected, I'm solid. Yeah, and I 1,000% agree with you because even if nothing goes wrong, when when you have women that are involved in the finances and, and learning and, and running things like we do our households and our business, we're able to make better choices, not just to protect ourselves from the bad stuff, but better choices to help us move forward and have like better retirement and better everything. Financial literacy is the key to everything. Yeah, and there's and what's really cool about that, so you're touching on something I'm very passionate about, because what's cool is that when women actually get involved what we find is that the results are better for the family. So even let's take investing. When you get men working with women, the outcome is better because we have very different approaches to doing that. So I think when you work as a team, you strengthen the entire family unit. Oh, completely. And so what is your family situation, Doris? I am, well, you heard I lost my first husband at 32, um, and uh, so I was widowed and happily remarried. I have two lovely daughters. I have a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. Um, yeah, and we've just, I'm, I'm in a really good spot right now after having gone through a not-so-good spot. That, that is one of the things that, that happens quite regularly. Strong, strong people, they can, they can go through the biggest nightmare and they come out so much stronger at the end, but it's never fun to go through the experience. Well, I will say this. So, you know, I've had a lot of people say, wow, you know, because of what you've been through, that's incredible. You are such a strong person. And I actually, I, I want to correct that because what I have seen is that every single person has extraordinary inner strength. It's just that most of us go through life kind of on automatic. And it's only when you meet that brick wall at high speed, as I call it, that you realize the strength that you have inside you. So I guess I have the benefit, the kind of twisted benefit, if you will, of having been tested by fire. And that's when you 
get in touch with those inner resources and that strength. But I would argue that every single person, I'm going to talk about women because I'm focused exclusively for myself anyway on women, but every single woman has extraordinary strength and capacity. It's just about believing that it's there, realizing that it's there. And some of us are forced to find that it's there, but it's there for everyone nonetheless. So because you went through a very a very tri- traumatic emotional experience with losing your husband also but finding out the financial stress what are some of the some of the big lessons that you learned about dealing with i'm assuming you had your children at that time no so my kids are from my second marriage i did not so my first husband had cancer um he was unable to have children so i spent nearly 10 years with him and we did not have children and honestly it, it, we couldn't even entertain adopting because he was sick so he was supposedly in remission when i met, met him and with six, within 6 months the cancer came back and was there the entire time that we were there together so it was a series of um oncology appointments going through chemotherapy surgery radiation for the better part of 10 years so my kids came along after all of that when i met my second husband mark and we had two girls together oh okay well thank goodness you at least didn't have to try and try and juggle small kids through that so what were some of the biggest financial lessons that you learned going through that if you had to pick the big 3 what were the ones that you had to learn you know what the single biggest lesson for me is awareness of all aspects of your monetary life. So back then with my first husband Malcolm, he took care of investing. He was interested in investing, I was interested. At the time, I was in university becoming a professor. I was fully funded. I it was things were going so well initially. So I was focused on my academic career. He was interested in investing. Um I walked away from that to help him. He had started a business. I walked away from my career because I his business was going to fall apart and in retrospect that was a huge mistake. So I learned three very big lessons back to back. One is you cannot help somebody else by becoming weak. So if you you know we as women we tend to rush to the aid of all of the dearest people in our lives the people we love the most and often we put ourselves last on that list right and i joke that sometimes even the hamster the dog or the cat comes before us so what i did is i walked away from my solid future to help Malcolm in his business and that made me completely vulnerable and now i was in a business where he was the engine of the business he was the one around whom the business revolved and if i'd taken 3 minutes to just stop and think about this profoundly and say where is my income coming from i would have realized that now i'm completely vulnerable and as attached to his income so for me the big lesson was build in thinking time into your life so that you can take a clear-eyed look and by thinking time i do not mean having your phone on your computer on and facebook at on the side i mean go walk outside in nature with not a single thing that can distract you and just quietly think about where you're at and look at okay your financial life where does your income come from are you dependent on someone if so how are you dependent so what i you know all of the basic questions about how are you set up in life to support yourself and if something happens to you 
How are you going to react? What does that mean to your stability? So that was the first thing. And so I suggest one of the big things I say to women is build thinking time into your life so that you can look at the big picture, because otherwise we go into reactionary mode. You know, the kids need something, you have a a pressing deadline at work, and you get caught into the trees, but you need to step back and look at the forest to make sure that you're in the right darn forest to begin with, right? So that was one of the big, big lessons for me. The second lesson that I learned was about not making myself weak. So it's tough sometimes that we have people who are sick or they need help, they need our attention. And for me, what I needed to do back then, what I did not do is stop and think about, okay, so if you leave this fully funded PhD to go help Malcolm in his business, you are walking away from years of work and security that can help you through this difficult time. I made a choice to go help him. And in that process, I completely weakened myself and that had a devastating impact on me later on. So what I suggest to women is let's find a way to love the people in our lives, to support the people in our lives, but not by shooting ourselves in the foot. How can we remain strong? How can we honor ourselves? How can we be fully supportive of ourselves while also helping the people we love in our lives? So don't make yourself a victim or make yourself weak to to help somebody else because that can come back and really harm you later on. So you don't help anybody that way. Um, And the third one is just always about saying having a full understanding of your financial picture. I did not realize the extent to which I was dependent on Malcolm until after he died. And then I realized as I started adding stuff up that I was nearly $400,000 in debt. And this was not credit card debt. So we're not talking about the kind of consumer stuff we were, he was building a business. I would, I, I had never, I have never carried a balance on my credit card. I strongly recommend to people that they do not. That's just flat out corrosive debt. But the fact remains we were building this business and we had a ton of business debt. We had a new house we just bought, et cetera, et cetera. So having, I, and I was not aware of that. I knew of all the individual pieces, but it didn't stop to take time to look at the whole thing and have a good understanding of that. And today I teach women how to invest, how to take control of their own financial futures so that if something catastrophic happens or even something just knocks you off the course, you understand what you need to do. You're not devastated by it, right? You can just pick yourself up, brush off the dust and keep moving forward. It might be super difficult. It might involve a bunch of challenges, but at least you're armed with the basic tools that you need. So Hence my focus now, I have actually switched the whole focus of my life to teach financial literacy to women because I think it is so important. It's one of the major underpinnings of our overall overall health. And, and I'm assuming because your husband was sick the whole time that you that you knew him, that he didn't have any insurance, did he? He was entirely uninsurable. In fact, he he uh, went to an insurance broker and tried to get his right insured because he uh, was a graphic artist and he had a business that uh, was based entirely on his art. And they wouldn't even touch his arm. And he was so frustrated. He said, look, I get it. I've got cancer. You can't insure me. I just want my arm. They wouldn't even insure his arm. Um, so he was completely 100% uninsurable. So when he died, I did not have a penny to fall back on. And let me tell you, it is not cheap to die. No, no, it's not. That is definitely one that, that I've had to explain to people over and over again, because life insurance is cheap. You can get it and you never, ever know when you're going to need it. Get Getting the other insurance to look after things. Um, I'm fortunate I didn't lose my husband, but I came very, very close at 39 because my husband 
almost puked himself to death. Oh my god. Yeah, he wow. barely survived his surgery and, and he was in the hospital and all of that for, for five weeks and it was, it was very, very scary. But I'm going, okay, at least, like, we've got him insured. But he's uninsurable now. Like, I can't do anything else. So if, if I didn't have it put in place before his little incident, we'd never have anything after. You know, and that's so important. So I wrote a blog post. This was several years ago. This was the start of my book. This was the beginning of Protect Your Purse, where I was writing blog posts about, here's how to protect yourself. And I'm my blog is written and directed at women, but I have a lot of men who read it too, and they kind of quietly read it, and they just, you know, privately email me. They don't want to go public letting people know they read it, but they go privately to me. And I got an email from uh, a friend of ours, and so I wrote a blog post about, you know, you can cheap out on a lot of things, but do not cheap out on life insurance. Do not and get it done now. Do not procrastinate. Do not cheap out on life insurance. And don't just say, oh, I'll cover my mortgage because the mortgage is just the beginning of it. It doesn't even cover so many other important aspects. You really have to put some thought into this. So he turned to his wife and he figured, he said, you know, I think we're on the same page. And uh, they had a chat and it turned out, uh, no, they were not on the same page. So they called up their insurance broker. They upped the amount of insurance coverage that they have across the board. Three weeks later, he ended up, I'm, I'm in Ottawa, so three weeks later, he ended up in the Heart Institute having a stent put in because it, of a, uh, all of a sudden he was on the tennis court. He starts feeling weird. He figured, had this problem before, figured, oh, it's just acid reflux. And anyway, yeah, no, not acid reflux. It's the Widowmaker artery that's 90% blocked. He came within a, a hair's breadth of dying on the tennis court. So they put a stent in, but a guess what? After that, he now has a heart history, right? A history of heart disease. And so now he is, he would be uninsurable had he not taken care of it. And that was three weeks after they changed the coverage. So if he had procrastinated, he would be, he'd be toast, right? Like that's the end of that. So he wrote to me and he said, I will write you I, I will write the best damn testimonial for your book. I will say anything you want me to say. I'm so grateful. And it's just like, guys, don't don't mess around with this. Get it done now. Yeah, and, and it's an awful lot cheaper than, than, than people think it would be. And like I'm not that old. I'm I'm in I'm in my early forties and most of my clients are around my age. And mm-hmm. the, the the claims that I have paid, fortunately, I haven't I haven't had to deal with the death claims because it's actually pretty hard to kill a person. But yes, putting yes. them out of commission is easy. And <laughs> and the cancer and the strokes and the heart attacks that I have paid out on the critical illness. And these people are all my age and and healthy, and you wouldn't think that there'd be a problem. And then just out of the blue, they're, you're dealing with a stroke or a heart attack or somebody's been diagnosed with cancer, and it's going. That can really derail you. Well, you know, there's a reason that I interviewed, I spoke to 38 widows and divorcees. Not one of them saw it coming. And in in the case of the widows, there is story after story in there of, there's one, a professional football player dropped dead. He was 38 years old or 39 years old, I think. Drop dead. No history of any issues at all. He just had a physical six months before. He's in the kitchen. His wife is pregnant with twins. She's eight months pregnant and he drops dead. And he had a, a undetected heart issue. So he drops dead. And I hear this over and over again. I get emails all the time because of what I do saying, my friend just lost her husband. They have three young kids. He was in his 30s or he was in, he was 40. He was in his early 40s. It happens a lot more than people realize. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I know you are right because this is, this is what I do professionally. <laughs> right. Right. 
and the financial stress because like you said it's not it's not cheap to die because you've got you've got to look after all the final expenses you've got to look after taking care of any debts you have to replace income and and so many people don't understand it's like when somebody dies what expenses go away and i basically tell them well they don't eat anymore other than that you still have all of your other expenses that go on and if you've got young kids everything just went up because you don't have two people sharing the burden of all the unpaid labor you have one person who's doing everything and still trying to be making the income and that's just stressful beyond all belief it's you have and i can say this from personal experience that People have no idea just how much stress is heaped on you when you go through that kind of trauma. And let's not even talk death. Let's talk something that puts your husband out of commission for some time, because I've had a friend just go through that. But even if it's just a, a husband out of commission, you have no idea how stressful that is until you are thrown into that situation. Then you realize, oh my God, this is insane. Because now you are Mr. Mom, you are, you are dad, you are caretaker, cook, shopper, you know, psychologist for the kids. You do it all. All of that falls on your shoulders with probably a fraction of the income. So it's absolute insanity what you have to go through. And that's not even addressing the emotional side of it that you're having to deal with when someone you love more than life itself is either seriously ill or God forbid has died. That that's a game changer right there. Oh, completely. When my when my husband ended up in the hospital, like it was it was a total and complete surprise. And I, I was going, I'm very fortunate because I run my own business so that I can I can adjust but all the time, like there were nights that I spent in the hospital with him to to help take care because he was in very, very rough shape. And and our daughter was nine and I'm having to look after everything at home. I'm still having to try and run my business. I'm I'm having to look after my husband and, and just simple things like the expense of parking and stuff. Yes. How yes. do people in normal situations deal with this? And like I know. you said, his was a relatively short. He was only in there for for five weeks. So I wasn't dealing with like, okay, we're going to be dealing with cancer treatments for the next two or three years or any of that. I don't even want to think about how much I paid when I was with Malcolm for the better part of 10 years in and out of, of cancer wards for treatments. And sometimes you have no choice. You have to eat there if you're, you know, I mean, we, he had multiple, um, uh, emergency surgery. So yeah, I mean, it's just your life can change in a heartbeat. And so what I say to women, and one of the main messages in my book is you want to start thinking about these things and taking care of these things now. And I realize it's 0% fun. Like nobody sits down and says, gee, I want to entertain the thought of having my spouse die right yeah. now. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, like, that's not cool. Right. And I get that. But the time to do it is when you can sit glass of wine, relax and just say, you know what, what if, Start asking a few what ifs and you're not going to like the answer. And that's good because it's the answers you don't like that point to you precisely the areas that you need to address and you need to think about now. And it's so much easier to do it now while the stress you have is a theoretical one rather than a, a, an actual stress of having to deal with, like you said, your nine year old, your husband is in the hospital, your business, your, you know, and, and by the way, the taxes, they still need to be paid whether somebody's sick or not. I'll tell you a little story. So after Malcolm died my I had two very good friends who came over and I've been self-employed pretty much my whole life so we were self-employed back then and so they called CRA and um, they said listen here's what's just happened to Doris her husband's just died we know there's a GST return that's due uh, it's going to be a little bit late but it is coming and uh, so they had been warned so I did send it in late when I finally got a brain again which was by the way months 
later. Um, anyway, they audited me and they sent me, they sent me a letter the following year saying, you're going to be audited. And I wrote to my wife, you've got to be kidding me. Like after everything I've been through. And they said, Oh, it's just a random audit. No, <laughs> CRA is never your friend. <laughs> yeah, that's one hell of a random audit. So anyway, you know, stuff like that. I was, I was so mad at the time, but it, it just goes to show that the government doesn't stop wanting its forms and its documentations and its money, whether you are in a crisis or not. So now's the time to start thinking about some of the key financial pieces in your world. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure visiting with you, and I, I hope that women everywhere pick up your book and, and start educating themselves, because it is needed, and if men want to learn, too, all the power to them. Thanks so much, Tammy. It's been a pleasure. Well, have a great day. You as well. Bye-bye. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.